0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Arsenal Way. And yes, we are back at you with your another daily Arsenal Agenda show, your daily show from Monday to Friday at nine thirty a.m. And we're uh, joined by Guy. Guy, this is your second day in a row. This is this the first time it's consecutive
1: shows for you? I think it might be. Yeah, um, I, I heard it was backed by popular demand. Now <laughs> we hope Chris gets well sort of soon. But uh, yeah, another Nicholas Bentner appearance off the bench for me. But I'm happy to. Uh, I'm happy to keep keep. Providing my assistance on these uh, on these streams and yeah, good morning to everyone and looking
0: forward to getting stuck into uh, some Arsenal chat. Indeed, good morning to everyone. Indeed, we're happy to have you here, Guyana. Uh, I think the Arsenal chat is international break, so of course we haven't got a game. However, that doesn't mean the transfer rumours have been stopping. And yesterday, last night, there was a development that apparently, to apparently, it's a strong PSV source that Arsenal are in pole position to sign. Cody Gakpo now he's been excellent for PSV this season I believe he's got 31 goals and assists combined sorry for my voice there but guy just you think Cody Gakpo would be the signing we need he's young of course but he will cost around 50 million to 30 million around that range I think he'll be a good signing
1: yeah some reports 42 million pound kind of being labeled on it and to be honest kind of alluded to it with Tom yesterday if, for me the, the, the trust is there now in Mikel Arteta and and Edu. Um, p- perhaps more so, Mikel Arteta. He seems to. We obviously seem to have a scouting department, but he seems to kind of be old school in that approach. Of he very much has the final say, the casting say. Obviously promoted to being manager from from head coach, wasn't he after the FA Cup win? And this may be a sign of it is just how much power he wields on-transfer decision. And I think one area that we can't really dispute with Mikel Arteta has, has been his talent ID. He seems to pick a good player. Obviously, he was dead set on on wanting Thomas Partey. He wanted Aaron Ramsdale. He really kind of pushed for, for Ben White as well to be the player that he wanted to bring in. And at the moment it's kind of all been hits in the transfer market for him on that regard. Um, so, yeah, Gakpo, I mean, w- we all know the Dutch league can be hit and miss, but this is a guy who's, who's been captain at PSV. They are pushing Ajax very hard for the title. And he, he looks a versatile option who perhaps, I know, Tom has kind of compared him to the king, uh, yeah. Thierry Henry, in the past, of saying he can play wide, he can play through the middle. But, I mean, versatility will be key. I, I said yesterday that Darwin Nunes seems to be top of the list and I'd very much be happy to see us push the boat out for him. So I can't contradict that the next morning and say, oh yeah, I'm all in the Cody Gakpo camp. But equally, if perhaps there is an option of, of the two of them, if I'm being greedy, then yeah, he he, he certainly looks like the profile who, who would fit what Arsenal want to do.
0: Yeah, of course, you mentioned Darwin Nunes here. But let's just say, for example, we sign Cody Gakpo, but we don't sign another striker. Do you think that would be enough for Arsenal next season? Because Cody Gapo has played, I played believe, 76% of his games on the left wing this season and only 24 from a striking position. So do you think that would be enough for, for Arsenal going forward next season to have enough firepower? Or do we, is it necessary that we sign another striker alongside uh, Cody Gapro?
1: Really difficult one, isn't it? Um, I I mean, I struggle to understand why, I might be completely wrong here, why we need a wide left player. Yeah. Um, mm. Martinelli, it seems to be his preferred position. Um, for years, we had the, the thing with Theo Walcott of when's he going to push in field? When's he going to come in field? For me, Martinelli maybe fits a similar mold of if he's doing the job out wide, why do we need to rush him going through the middle? And I wouldn't really say the components of Martinelli's game are probably there to play through the middle. Might be completely wrong. He, he might go through the middle and be an Alexis Sanchez type player who is very just hustle bustle presses from the front and, and very much causes chaos for defences. But yeah, I'm, I, Mikel Arteta seems to have been reluctant to play him through the middle. And I think we're now beginning to see why perhaps his game is suited to coming in off that left-hand side. For me, Smith-Rowe's best position is off the left as much as, again, we want him to graduate to playing as a number 10 or even as a attacking central midfield player in kind of that, that style that Man City play. I mean, if, if Smith-Rowe could... Morph into a, an, an Erdegaard in that left half space. What a midfield that would be of Smith Road party and Erdegaard. But again, I think we're somewhere away from that. But again, trust trust the process and Mikel Arteta if that's the area that he sees fit to to bring a player into then he may as well do it. I mean, Luis Diaz, when he arrived at Liverpool from, from Porto was nominally seen as a wide left player. played, I think exclusively on the left wing for Porto. He's coming at Liverpool, plays all across the front line and it just absolutely sparked off that attack. So yeah, I I don't think we need to pigeonhole him to, to, to one position on whether we need another striker. Yeah. I do think we want a focal out and out number nine, in my opinion. Um, I'd like to see Lacazette stay, but then if you add Nunes to that, if Balogun comes back from his loan, he's done really well at Middlesbrough and I think now he's probably ready to to come back and be part of the squad, certainly, if we're in European competition, which seems as though will be the case. So, yeah, I think a striker would be needed and, yeah, just add add, the, add to the firepower that we've got next year. We're going to probably look to, to nigh on double, our game, well not double our games but probably go from what 45 games in a season hopefully to 60 so add another another quarter or so the the game's on.
0: Yeah absolutely I think I agree with you. I think we will need do need an out-and-out striker for next season just to add to the goals. Cody Gapo is very good and I think in the future he will be a, a good striker but he just needs time to, to grow maybe we sign him and a striker and that would be very good. I do that Harvey's point though he says he is quite tall so yes I think Cody Gapo has the qualities and the you know, physicality to definitely be a striker in the future and that's why he's been compared to Henry because of his nature and his abilities, despite being quite tall but we shall see how that transfer goes now let's guy just touch into players in the squad at the moment already and the future of some players and that is Nicola Pepe now recently Crystal really of Football at London uh, did tweet out that uh, what about what Pepe said about his future he said I am focused on how well we do until the end of the season and the club's target which is get into the Champions League then we will see what happens now guy there's been a lot of talk with Pepe future, mainly because after, at the end of the season, he will have two years remaining. Would you sell him or would you keep him? Would you offer him a new contract? What would you do with Nicolas Pepe future at the moment?
1: Really difficult one. I mean, as we got a comment when we were just talking there about forward options. I completely agree with what Graham says there. It is a case of, of boosting the options and bolstering what we have at the top end of the pitch. And I mean, if we're talking about Gakpo, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe all being able to play off that left-hand side, Off the right, we've got Bukayo Saka and dot, dot, dot. Um, If we got Nicola Pepe, I I would kind of like to see him utilised and used. And Mikel Arteta said after he came back from the Africa Cup of Nations that he kind of seemed to be a player reborn. He had so much hunger. He, He knows the difference he can make. I think the issue with Nicola Pepe, and as we saw it at Aston Villa, is defensively, does he quite buy into what Mikel Arteta wants to do? Now we don't play like other teams play. Like you think of the likes of Mares and Salah, the likes of Man City and Liverpool, who when their teams attack, uh, when their teams defend, those guys often do stay high. And as it were, the, the phrase cheat and don't get involved in a defensive phase. So when the ball's won back, they're immediately at the top end of the pitch to spring forward. I think that'd probably suit a Pepe, but that's not how Mikel Arteta plays. We see Bakayo Saka at times get right back next to, whether it be Cedric or Tomiyasu, defending. Um, and we are a compact shape that moves around the pitch. And I don't think Nicola Pepe quite fits into that. And I think that, that that's the kind of thing is we, we spent so much money on Nicola Pepe in many ways backing a, the wrong player because it wasn't supposedly the one who Emery wanted and B, backing the wrong manager with making a signing of such repute. Um, and we, we have to admit it's not worked out for him. Um, he, he's clearly a good player and he does have his moments. He came on against Wolves and looked really good. But a player of his his quality and his value, I don't think he's going to want to be a second choice option for much longer, let alone hardly getting off the bench anyway. And I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would say we keep him about because we want options. But I think ultimately the player will probably be the one who has the decisive factor in this of probably going to Arsenal to Arteta and saying, it's best I move on. And I think that probably would suit all parties. But then we would need to be in the market again for yet another player.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's a shame because I think Pepe is clear he does have the quality here. I just don't think he suits Arsenal. I think we saw for Ivory Coast's goal against France, he was excellent. Even in the game in general, he was just creating so many issues for for Hernandez and it showed the quality player he is. However, Arsenal, he just can't seem to get it going. But Guy, he is a good option to have for the bench. As you mentioned, the game against Wolves where he had a major impact. Can we afford to sell him without bringing in a replacement for Pepe? Because I think this season has shown we've been quite light in the substitutes bench having to bring on Eddie and Ketia and then, of course, Nicholas Pepe. So, can we afford to sell him without bringing in a, a right midfield replacement?
1: No, I don't think we can. But equally, I mean, I put Harry's comment on screen there. Pepe for Ossiman. I know how much you <laughs> like him and you'd love yeah. to see that one done. Um no, we can't. But equally, how many players, realistically, how many players can we sign? I mean, I mm. thought we ended last summer light in terms of I thought we needed at least another central midfield player. I was happy to see laconga coming, but I wanted to see a senior central midfield player coming in. I think that's still left over from last summer. And the striking situation that we know is as it is. If Lacazette doesn't sign a new contract, that's at least two forwards we need to bring in. If he does sign a new contract, it's at least one and we decide what we do with Balogun. There was a comment before that he's only scored two goals at Middlesbrough. That's true, but the big thing he's gone away at Middlesbrough and done, which I wasn't convinced that he was going to do, was handle himself in the senior game and his link-up play looks absolutely fantastic. I think he's got at least two assists and I think he, he might be ready to come and supplement the squad. I'm not saying start him every week, but certainly supplement the squad. And Yeah, I think we're going to see a huge turnover in players this season, but we're going into... Summer market with what 2021 senior players. If we're going to be in European competition next year, we're going to want a squad of at least 25, ideally. So, however many numbers we lose from the current number we have, forget the, the guys who are out on loan, I don't think many of them other than Saliba are probably going to come in. That might boost our numbers to 22. So, we probably are looking at bringing in three more players than those we lose from the current squad. And when you think Lacazette could go. Uh, Jacques has been spoken about of leaving we're talking about Pepe, but Leno's going to go okay we we have got the goalkeeper situation already sorted for me you, you're then looking at are we realistically going to sign seven eight nine players I don't think we are I think we're best to target quality over quantity last year was a quantity summer albeit we did add quality within that but if we can if we can bring in four or five top signings to supplement the squad, I think that's where we need to be looking.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. That's why I think selling Pepe would be a risk. And I think maybe keep him on. I think keep him on just for the the squad depth. But of course, if an excellent offer comes in, if Pepe or or Seamhen is possible for a swap then definitely, definitely explore that.
1: Moving
0: on, guys. Our performances this month. Uh, Before I do that, guys, make sure you leave a question in the comment box, by the way, because we will be coming to them towards the end of the show. So make sure you pop in a a question for me or Guy. But Guy, just touching on Arsenal and the potential player of the month for March. Now, there's been a few nominees. You have Odegaard, you have Gabriel, you have Saka, you have Thomas Partey. But for you, which player stands out?
1: Yeah, Alexander there says that we've had a a great month and it is really hard. I mean, when you texted me this morning about kind of what we were going to discuss and say player of the month, I was like, oh, Gabriel Martinelli? I mean, maybe I'm thinking the Liverpool game and that's standing out, but he's not even on the, the Arsenal.com shortlist, is he? I mean, it's he, no. Gabriel, uh, Thomas Partey, Martin Odegaard and Bukayo Saka. I mean, I can't look beyond Martin Odegaard. I mean, the guy has just just absolutely exploded in the last month. Um, he, I was in the camp of not really won over by him from his loan spell. Yeah. Um but equally, we were so infatuated with Danny Ceballos early in his first loan spell, that kind of then after he fell out of the team and then came back and we won the FA Cup, we all got kind of missed the and went, oh, yeah, bringing him back would be a great idea. It wasn't. Whereas Erdegaard, has, he came in, he kind of settled. He, he, did, he did look good in, in fits and starts at the end of last season. But you were kind of looking at it, is is he the guy to take us to the next level? Well, we've now helped him unlock his next level. And in turn, that has complemented what we've done. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Williams from our Analyzing Arsenal show has kind of said in the past he's not the kind of guy who is going to put up huge numbers. I think that's beginning to change. His creative output looks absolutely brilliant. But even if he doesn't put out huge numbers, for me, one of my favourite players growing up was Alex Lebb. And just the way in which he kind of dribbled with the ball. Now I know Erdegaard's not that kind of player, but the comparison I'm trying to draw is he didn't put up huge numbers, but he was a joy to watch. And for me, Martin Erdegaard is is kind of falling into that similar bracket. And they're the kind of players you do you do pay your money to go and watch. Uh, Meza Özil had it on his day. Uh, he he did back it up obviously with the the output and the numbers, but he didn't have that defensive work rate that Martin Erdegaard has, which sets him apart. And for me, yeah, Erdegaard would be a man to uh, to take my vote.
0: Yeah, I agree. i give it to Erdegaard or Saka. What an interesting stat is that Erdegaard has been nominated for Player of the Month four times but hasn't won it this season. That's a surprise because he's been probably our best player uh, overall if you put all the months together. But I think this month could be the month. it would either be him or Saka. I do have to give Saka a shout-out simply because of his excellent performance against Aston Villa where he got that crucial goal, which why, which, be, which could be why he edges it over Erdegaard this month. Simply because of that important goal. And of course, the game against Watford where Erdegaard and Saka completely turned it up and uh, got us the three players but we shall see who gets nominated for that but I would put Erdogan and Saka above uh, Gabriel and Thomas Party, of course. Now just touching onto to your guys questions before we do end the show and uh, Guy Farage asks if in a worst case scenario Arsenal don't get top four and Marseille do how would you think that will affect Saliba's desire to sign in a, an extension for us?
1: Um, I kind of addressed this yesterday on, on the stream with Tom and I don't think Marseille can get close to what the valuation of William Saliba would be. Um, I think the only way he goes back to Marseille is on another loan after he agrees to sign a contract extension at Arsenal to protect his value. Um, uh, Because we signed him for near 30 million. He's now a France international and he's had two great or a season and a half of of real impact football at the clubs with Nice and Marseille that he's been at in Ligue 1. So we're definitely in my position in a profit type area. I mean, he's he's still what, early twenties. So, I I don't see how we would command less than forty million for him, in, in my opinion. And I don't see how Marseille, certainly with the, the the financial state of French football, equally their transfer ban that may well come in. Um, I I I don't I don't see it as an as an effect. Um, I mean, he, he's been playing. Has he been playing Europa League football, Europa Conference League football yeah, with Marseille yeah, this Europe, season? Yeah. So if even there, worst case scenario, we don't get in the top four, we're in the Europa League next season. He's been playing in that competition. Again, it's more games. We need a bigger squad. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him come back. I, I only really see two outcomes this summer with him. He's, he signs a new contract and heads back out on loan or he signs a new contract and stays. Um, unless, if it's it's PSG, you come and offer huge yeah. money and we then cash in. But that, as I say, that would be £40 million pounds that you'd go, yeah, all right, happy days. We'll take that, invest that into to other areas of the squad.
0: Yeah, forty million at least, because now he's a France international, so that has definitely raised his value, and he's been excellent in league 1 the season. So I wouldn't sell him for cheap at all. Just moving on here, Wien asks, guy, if we achieve Champions League place, uh, Champions League qualification, it will help us sign higher rated players. But realistically, would it be enough to attract the top players? As it, we will still be new to it in a sense. Um. Yeah, we would be, but I mean, it's
1: we're Arsenal Football Club, and it's what Mikel Arteta says. And at the end of the day if Champions League football is the only barrier that is holding players back from signing for us, are they ideally the right fit? I mean, as, a, as we kind of talk about Bakayo Saka and the new contract, like I don't think there's many more exciting and obviously I'm biased, I'm an Arsenal fan, but I don't think there's many more exciting projects for young players to come and join and be part of a squad that's being built under a manager who clearly is improving players himself. Four players out there and if we get in the Champions League, I would say that to all intents and purposes, you would say that the the squad and the team is only going to improve. So if we do get there, the likelihood being the aim is then to stay there. Um, And and I I think you kind of look at what 72, 75 points is kind of the benchmark for securing Champions League qualification each season. I think if this season, the squad hits around that early 70 mark and does get in there, again, the benchmark set that each season season in season out we don't dip below that level we've set the level and now we look to to improve and go forward so yeah as i said before i think the issue is how many players we can realistically bring in and equally we still are carrying the baggage of last summer of quite how much money we shelled out of it's not going to be an infinite pot to, to get us there but equally three four quality additions should definitely be the uh, definitely be the the aim
0: Absolutely, and Sandra asks thoughts on Casola potentially joining Arteta's backroom staff.
1: Oh, I'm not saying that, but if that happens, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll throw that one over to you because I've, I've I've said a lot, but oh if Santi came back. Yeah, I'll oh, be, be, I'd be all,
0: all, all all for that. All for that, Santi. Of course, he has the aura, the quality. I think it would be a perfect match. Just. Teaching them with Arsenal with Field, him and Erdogard teaching got a few new tricks. Oh yeah, that would be amazing to see Kozola come back and be part of Arteta's backroom staff. Who wouldn't want that to happen? I think that'll be a dream for almost every Arsenal fan.
1: Yeah, definitely. What I wanted to to put to you, Bailey, mate, Melanie Arsenal. It's been one that's kind of been kicking mm. around for a few days now, just kind of a, a bit of a bad smell that won't go away. What do we think about the the Kieran Tierney to to Real Madrid links?
0: Absolutely should not happen. I think Arsenal now, we're at a stage where top clubs are going to come in for our best players because of the way we're performing. And in the past, maybe we would have sold Chirintini, we would have thought, OK, let's cut our losses. But now we're at a stage where we can't afford to sell our best players. If we're creating a project that means you keep the best players in the project you are helping the team to grow. And that involves Chirintini massively. I think he's been excellent at left back. He hasn't been great in the last few games, I must say, but he is so important to us and he should be, but- he should be untouchable.
1: It's one of those, isn't it, though, where he's, like you say, he, he's maybe not been the great... Uh, yeah, he hasn't been
0: prominent. Player, but yeah. not
1: every player on the pitch needs to, to be prominent. nine it's out true. of ten every week. Do you know what I mean? He, he is the solid guy who actually... I think, I think his performances this season, for me, have been more encouraging than last season because mm. he's been on the pitch more often than not. Mm. Last year when he was on the pitch, he was brilliant, but he wasn't Quite on the pitch enough. Whereas this year, we're getting solid... He's, he's, he's not getting done by wingers, is he? It's just no. the other end of the pitch where you're going, oh, is he creating enough? But equally, the rest of the team's creating, so he's not needed to to play that role.
0: Yeah, of course, I agree with you. I think he's attacking. The need for him to attack is less. I think we we rely less on him. I think last season, all of our attacks was towards Quirantini. And Maybe that's why his performances, of course, haven't been as as obvious as the early guards and the slackers. But Quirantini has still been solid for us this season. And for that reason, I wouldn't sell him. I think he does his job excellently. Why would we? I think Tavares still has a lot to learn and that, is, that would mean we have to bring in another left back it would be expensive. So keep Kiritini at all costs no matter what Real Madrid are offering. But guys, we are going to end the show there. Guys, as always, thank you, mate.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, as I say, just hope, uh, hope Chris is better soon and can be uh, can be involved for the second half of the week. And I can I can remain on the subs bench.
0: <laughs> we want you on the pitch. You've been performing well. You must stay in. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, in the comment section. Make sure you leave a like. and you subscribe to the channel, of course? And most importantly, make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal way.